I'm Julie Swenson, Managing Director of Forward Theater Company in Madison, Wisconsin. And I'm Mike Fisher, Milwaukee-based theater writer and dramaturg. I'm Jen Uphoff Gray, Founder and Artistic Director of Forward Theater Company. And this is Theater Forward, a twice-monthly conversation about theater from a local, regional, and national perspective. From Madison to Manhattan, we're excited to share insight into our own company while exploring issues surrounding theater in the Midwest and around the country. Welcome to episode 92 of Theater Forward. Ah, great to be here. For this episode, we are going to talk about World Premiere Wisconsin, a homegrown project over four years in the making, which kicks off on March 1st, 2023, which as we record this is less than a week away. And uh, all of you on the screen have been involved in this journey. Um, But now that this festival is finally officially beginning, we thought we would talk a little bit about where it came from and what the process has been like of building this first of its kind celebration of new work here in the state of Wisconsin. So I'm going to kick us off um, because, uh, you know, quite bluntly, uh, it it started in my my uh, wild little brain uh, in October of 2018. So way back in the ages prior to COVID and, and all kinds of other things we've been through. Um, Julie, you and I went to Milwaukee to attend the Statera Conference, which is a conference um, for uh, women in theater. And it was hosted in Milwaukee that year uh, by our friends at Renaissance Theater Works. And we're like, this is great, a theater conference and we don't have to travel far. Let's go. Uh, And we spent a couple of days going to panel discussions and networking and chatting with our friends and making new friends. And it was great. So one of the sessions that you and I went to together because we were sitting together uh, was led by Nan Barnett, who's the head of the National New Play Network. Um, And Nan was talking about her experience working as the producer of the uh, DC Women's Voices Theater Festival, which was held in 2015 in Washington, DC, and then repeated again in 2018. Um, And it was uh, an event that brought together, you know, a couple of dozen theater companies the first time in the DC area who all committed to producing works by women playwrights. Um, and Nan was kind of talking about her experience, um, uh, putting all of that together. I, I still remember one of my favorite things she said was talking about conversations when all the artistic directors would be in a meeting together. And she says, this wasn't hurting cats. This was hurting crickets. Uh, and that, uh, believe me, is an image that has stayed with me these four and a half years since. Um, but some of the context of while I was listening to this is that, um, you know, at that point forward uh, was in its 10th season. Um, we'd been really working hard to try to get um our colleagues at different companies around the state to collaborate. There had been an organization called Theater Wisconsin that had kind of gone dormant, that had at one time had, you know, annual meetings to bring folks together. Um, but, you know, was feeling like people were fairly siloed off for reasons that were understandable. Everyone had big jobs and, and busy lives. Um, and we had also not long before that here at Overture Center in Madison, um, a few years before that we had, collaborated on a 10th anniversary celebration for the building in which all of the resident companies came together to uh, develop a production in celebration with some opera and some symphony music and some ballet and some theater. So these were all examples of trying to get folks working together on a, a bigger than our own organization's project. And I was listening to Nan talk about the DC Festival and thinking about how much I wished we could do something here in Wisconsin. 
um, that would have similar benefits. And it, it really was, it felt like I had two different brains working at the same time because I really was listening to Nan and taking, you know, copious notes. And at the same time, my brain was kind of cooking. And at the end of that session, I remember, Julie, I turned to you and I said, uh, don't be mad or something to that effect. But what do you think of world premiere Wisconsin? Um, and we kind of hit the ground running and, and right out of the gate, I know that, that there were sort of three goals that I had in mind in thinking up this idea. One was, um, as I already alluded to, just bringing the people working on theater together to build more community, to build networks. It can be very lonely working for a nonprofit arts organization, because especially if you have a small staff, you got like your one marketing person, your one development person, maybe your one education person, your artistic director. And sometimes it's so helpful to talk to other people who have your same job. And it can be hard to build those relationships. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had a marketing team of all the marketing directors and a development team of all the development directors? And then even when the festival's over, we can reach out to each other for help or a shoulder to cry on or a cheer, you know, cheerleading when, when something goes well. So that was a big goal. Um, a second big goal that had been building was out of the sense of frustration. And Julie, I know you and I share this because we both spent many years working professionally in New York City. Um, and there's, there can be such blinders in this field um, to the work that happens outside of New York, or sometimes we could say New York and Chicago, or maybe if we're generous, New York, Chicago, and LA. The artists that work here, the new work that is generated here, it is on a par with anything happening anywhere, including Broadway and off-Broadway. And nobody knows it, nobody pays attention to it, gives it credit. And I thought a statewide festival like this might help just kind of shine a light under our bushel, right? Of, of what uh, we do here. Um, and then honestly, the third sort of goal that I had in mind was to celebrate new work and maybe make it a little bit easier and or less risky for companies who maybe don't do new work all the time to, to try it or to do it again, because it does take more resources. It can be more risky from a marketing standpoint. And I know, I mean, I remember the first time Forward ever commissioned a play. I was like, I have no idea what a commissioning contract looks like. And so I called our colleague, Jeff Frank at first stage, because I know they commission plays all the time. And I was like, can you help me show me what, it, what, what one of these should look like, right? And so I thought if there's this network of folks working together, some of whom do new works all the time, then the, uh, that would make it easier for other folks to get on board. So those were the, the three goals. And um, pretty much immediately thereafter, I started having meetings with, with other theater leaders. Um, uh, I don't wanna talk uh, nonstop too much longer, but just real quickly, the first step was kind of getting a lead team together. And I knew we would want Milwaukee Rep, the, the flagship theater in our state on board. Um, I met with uh, first Brent Hazelton, who was then on their staff. He's since moved to Chamber Theater, Milwaukee Chamber Theater. But I, I talked to Brent. He put me in contact with Maya Dralis and uh, Dini Vallone from um, from their staff. Uh, so Dini and May worked with us, uh, you know, Julie and I. Um, and then we we thought, let's get a, a Door County representative because there's a lot of great professional theater happening up in Door County. Um, Molly Rohde from Northern Sky came on and lo and behold, we had a leadership team. Uh, that team has evolved over these four years. May left for New York to run the Lark. She's now working freelance. Um, 
uh, Laura Braza has come on board from Milwaukee Rep. Um, we've had uh, significant support from Marcy Kearns while she was uh, Associate Artistic Director at Chamber, helping uh, support the, the leadership team. She's now on staff with Forward. So it's, it's ebbed and flowed a little bit, but um, we got those leadership uh that leadership team together. And we then went and reached out to all of the professional theaters in the state to invite them to be a part of what we were doing. Um, pretty much everybody said, yeah, this sounds great. Um, and we started having regular meetings. We had a big kickoff meeting at 10 Chimneys Foundation in the fall of 2019, where everyone got together to sort of hammer out some more details of how this would work. Um, Ted Chimneys has been an incredible partner throughout this. They're in fact our presenting sponsor for this festival. Uh, and then as we all know, in the spring of 2020, uh, things really changed dramatically. Um, and I will just say that I have never been more glad for having started something in my life than I was that World Premier Wisconsin had started because we were already all talking to each other. And therefore, it didn't take us months. It was a matter of days into the shutdown before we said, you know what, let's get a Zoom call together with all the leadership of the professional theaters in the state to start talking about what's going on and what we can do and how we can support each other. And those meetings have continued every month since then. That was an invaluable time oh. uh, that we already had those relationships together talking about world premiere Wisconsin. For a little while, they morphed into um, uh, COVID testing and, you know, conversations about our union, Actors Equity Association. Yep. And it was invaluable. I don't know what we would have done without each other's um, support and guidance and what, oh my God, what are you doing? That yeah. kind of thing. And um, so there was this added benefit of having all these people together for World Premiere Wisconsin that we could have never anticipated. And right. Well, so when I when I think about the goals of the festival, that one of bringing people together, it's already like, I mean, we checked that box years before the festival even started. But, right. um, you know, so so to compress the timeline, you know, that got us early 2020. But by summer of 2020, you know, we sort of polled everyone and said, hey, are we still good to continue to plan to have this for the spring of 2023? Every single group pretty much said, yeah, full speed ahead. Um, in a way that added a fourth goal for this festival of kind of doing this positive event um, and uh, this, this sort of exciting story to shine a light on our companies as we are all doing a lot of rebuilding um, as we move through this COVID time. Um, but we, uh, in the very beginning of 2022, uh, we reached out to um, every other theater maker in the state that we could get a contact uh, email for, academic theaters, uh, children's theaters, community theaters, semi-professional companies, presenters, you know, playwrights, really invited everybody to come in and participate in the festival. That communication went out at the beginning of 2022. Uh, we publicly announced the festival at the end of January of 2022. We hired uh, a part-time line producer for the festival, the incredible Michael Cody in the summer of 2022. And, and now here we are. The festival begins in a few days. Some of the festival productions have already opened. Um, we have a, an extraordinary website. Uh, there's a cool passport. We can talk about things like that later. But there are nearly 50 uh, new works happening in either full productions or staged readings in over 20 communities across the state. And I kind of can't believe it. 
I can't believe that it's um, and uh, that it's happening right now. I mean, you know, talking to somebody because, you know, I'm going to be writing about the festival uh, a lot on behalf of the festival. And so I've already started interviewing various creatives, playwrights and others who have been involved in making this work happen. And you talk to somebody like Erica Berman, the awesome um, education director at Children's Theater of Madison, whose play Finder in the North Star is playing as we speak. Um, and is uh, an entry in world premiere Wisconsin. And she said to her, you know, her play is about being brave. And she said for, for this festival to be brave in this particular moment, when theaters have been decimated, theaters are closing, attendance is way off. And to say, you know what, we're going ahead. We're going ahead and we're not just going ahead. We're investing in the work that is the hardest to get an audience to come see. I mean, way before the pandemic, you have study after study from the theater communications group and others talking about how difficult it is for theater companies who are trying to be fiscally responsible to go ahead and program new work, knowing and doing so that it's going to be tougher to get an audience, and yet also recognizing that new work is the lifeblood of theater. Um, and theaters like Forward have done so anyway for a long time, as has Milwaukee Rep, as has Northern Sky, the three lead producers of this festival, among many others. But to do it now, to say, we're going to do this right now because we believe so much in what we are all about and what theater is all about. And, you know, to, and th that is talk about shining a light in a dark moment. I mean, this is really it. And I don't like the fact that the timing worked out the way it did in terms of coming out of a pandemic. I mean, it was fortuitous in the worst way, but it's also fortuitous in the best way in terms of celebrating what we're all about. You know, it's one of the things that I'm most um, excited about, you know, speaking to your point. Mike, about uh, the challenges of doing new work and the importance of doing new work, you know, early on after cooking up this festival, kind of as soon as I knew that there was at least enough interest from a few other companies that we wanted to try to move ahead, I reached out to Nan Barnett and said, hey, could could we have a call? I'd love to pick your brain. I'd love to just, you know, um, let you know what we're doing and that you inspired it in many ways. Um, we had a great conversation and she was kind of immediately all in from National New Play Network to say, you know, how can we be supportive of this? Uh, because this in, hopefully could be a, a, an easily replicable model for other cities, regions, states around the country to try themselves. And so and NPN has been a lovely partner throughout this. We've done some, you know, ask me anything Zoom sessions um, that they've participated in. Um, also, when Michael Cody joined us as producer, he brought along um, some contacts uh, that he'd been working with at the Dramatist Guild. And so the Dramatist Guild uh, similarly has become a great supporter of the festival. Um, they're working with us. They're sponsoring um, a Wisconsin Playwrights Symposium at 10 Chimneys later this spring, which was always one of the goals that we had to provide an opportunity for Wisconsin-based playwrights to come together and, and support each other and get some um, external support as well. Um, I should be clear, it's not a criteria of World Premier Wisconsin that every premiere be written by a Wisconsin playwright. They're all produced here, created here by, by artists. Many of the festival um, pieces are written by Wisconsin playwrights, but, but some of them are not. And knowing that that would be the case, we also knew we wanted to have programming to specifically support the playwrights here. Um, so having the Dramatist Guild come on and, and for similar reasons to NNPN in that they see this as um, a model that that with any luck could could be used elsewhere to help encourage more new works. Yeah. 
I think this idea, and this is this is a Michael Cody idea, um, is this passport we've got now that you can download, and then it's so interactive that you can look at, uh, you know, I want to see things in Madison, and it will show everything that's showing, and the and um, a little bit about the play, or you know, you can go to the uh, link um, of each of the companies. It's that is replicable, and yeah. and there are things that we can hand to the next state who is interested in this and here's what we've learned and um uh so far um i am i am you you had mentioned jen about you know we made we made people aware of this i'm so happily shocked that how many people how many companies said yeah we'll do something uh, immediately there there wasn't um we didn't go out and and meet personally and beg people to do it. We just had companies that said, "Yeah, I'll I'll do a reading or I'll do a full play or you know what? I've got something that I'd like to bring." And that's amazing. Yeah. Well, and Julie, in terms of oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jen. I was just going to say, Julie, I'm so glad you mentioned that passport and, you know, uh it you can you can get to it through the World Premier Wisconsin website, but it's it's a digital thing. It's like an app. You can have it right on your phone. Um, and you can check in at every World Premier Wisconsin event you go to, and you earn points. Points get you cool swag. We have Little an awesome, swag. awesome logo. It's really beautiful. <laughs> you can get it all over things by seeing it. It encourages you to attend multiple things, and especially to to try visiting companies that maybe you're not a regular visitor to. Um, so it's it's really awesome, and it's something that had been developed for like food tours or like restaurant tours or brew pub, you know bar hopping events by various business districts around the country. But we think this is the first time it's been used for like live, live arts. Um, so yeah, it's a very, very cool feature. Um, Mike, you were going to say. No, I mean, you're, you're reminding me, they, they did it for uh, Chicago uh, book week one or book day one day. And so I, I spent a day like traveling all over Chicago, trying to accumulate points so I could get swag. And it was just so fun. And it, it connected you to different bookstores in different communities. And what I love most about this passport and about this festival is it's going to expand people's understanding and definition of, of the way in which we're all part of this, this one ecosystem. I mean, I think we're used to maybe thinking of it in one city. I mean, I had a recent awesome Saturday where I started by seeing the first stage production in Milwaukee of The Hobbit, then went to see what to me is a sort of groundbreaking moment in Milwaukee theater, Renaissance Theater Works production of Cost of Living, the regional premiere of this production, which requires two um, actors living with disabilities and is very challenging to produce, but also won the Pulitzer five years ago. And then when I'm to see Evita, um, starring, uh, you know, advisory company forward uh, uh, member Raina Roman, who was killing it as Evita. Those are three completely different shows that no, no one of those could really have been done well by any one of the other two companies but they synergistically gave you a full day of theater within one city and to start thinking about that between cities. So for example, I was talking to, uh, you know, to a, a theater creative recently who saw the heart sellers in Milwaukee, loved, loved, loved that play. It's a fantastic play. It's the first entry in our festival. It's not a play because of casting challenges um, and the money that goes with that and the housing that goes with that, that could be done in lots of other parts of Wisconsin. But why not think of that as something wherever you live in Wisconsin is part of what you can be fed by Wisconsin theater and to travel and to go and to go see it. 
which then opens up the possibility. You start thinking as a theater goer and as theaters, wow, you know, we could also do some collaborations here. Maybe there are things we can't do individually, but gosh darn it, maybe we could do an Angels in America with the two parts of it, with two companies cooperating. Maybe Coast of Utopia, which I've mentioned before by Tom Stoppard, is something that I would love to see in Wisconsin. Maybe if three or four or six companies already cooperating in the sort of in the way that they're cooperating to make this festival happen, work together to make that happen. And people's minds will be blown and expanded geographically as well as thematically by the possibilities. And the passport sort of both, not just, it's not just cool, it's sort of a metaphor for this ability to enter into new doors and enter into new territories that you haven't been to before. It's just genius. It, it's so fun, Mike. And I, I will co-sign how amazingly wonderful the Heart Sellers was. You know, I got over to Milwaukee last weekend to see that. Um, I, I went to see Children's Theater of Madison's um, premiere, Finder and the North Star by Erica Berman, who you were mentioning earlier, Mike. I saw that last weekend. It was, it was so fabulous. I'm um, seeing Cap City Theater's new musical this weekend. I mean, it's such a banquet of exciting new work. And I I, I know how excited the Wisconsin theater organizations and theater artists are about this festival. What I'm really excited about uh, over these coming months is to see the audience response to the opportunity to see all of this new work close to home done by theaters of all different shapes and sizes, uh, all different kinds of new work. And to know that that the audience members themselves are playing a part in the development of these stories that are going to go on to be told all over the place. And there's something really special about being a part of that first audience uh, for, for a piece. And um, I'm really hoping that we hear from the theater lovers around here, uh, enthusiasm for this opportunity to have that experience over and over so close to home. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to also see the uh, the Capital City production this week. And I mean, shame on me. You know, I was the critic who wrote most about theater in this state until I moved on in 2018 and joined this awesome, amazing theater company that I'm now, <laughs> now associated with. And and I've never been. I mean, they've been around since 2015. I've never been to a Capital City production. I mean, it's sort of embarrassing, but it's also really exciting. And to think that I'm going to be going there this weekend and seeing a play. And it's it's World Premiere Wisconsin. By putting all these things together on this fabulous website and through this passport and through this festival, you just start thinking about things in a different in a different way. Uh, and and that's a perfect example of how it's done so for me. Yeah. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't say um, how excited I am personally about the opportunity or the excuse that this festival um, provided us with here at Forward to commission our beloved Lauren Gunderson to write a new piece for us. Um, I think I reached out to Lauren. I was looking back in my like email history and my journals, and I reached out to her in December of 2018. I mean, this was really still pretty much a glint in my eye and not much more than that at that point, but I had already reached out to her to say, Hey, I'm working on this thing. I think I could commission you um, to write something. Uh, and, you know, there was a while there that um, she and her representation thought she might be too busy, understandably. Um, but here we are. And we're just a few weeks out from starting rehearsals for her play, Artemisia, well, which I am giddy her. about. We'll yes. Her in person as she, as she, yep. as well, we burst this play. Yep. And it's a microcosm, that play in particular, and its content, and it's a kick-ass script, is a microcosm yeah. of what this 
festivals about. This is a play by a woman who never got the props that she deserved when she was alive. You know, she's been getting them more recently and pulling with her, as you saw in the Detroit Institute of Art show last year, tons of other women who were also great painters from the same period and are now getting their now getting their due. And you're seeing the same thing here. I mean, one of the things I am proudest of with this festival is the way it's opening up to plays by a global majority uh, and, and women or female identifying or non-binary playwrights. I mean, Madison's truly throwing down here. I mean, two thirds of its entries um, you know, are in those categories. In Milwaukee, half of the entries are by global majority uh, playwrights. So not only are we seeing new work, we're seeing new work by the voices which for way too long in theater have been the least heard and the most marginalized getting a day in the sun. And that's just that's just great. And yeah, Artemisia is definitely part of that. So I yeah. can't wait to see it. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, this has been um, it's been a both a long time coming this festival and also feels like the idea was just yesterday. And I suppose that conflation of time has as much to do with our COVID blur as anything else. Um, but uh, we felt it was important to sort of celebrate the kickoff here on this podcast. You know, we talk about this as a an opportunity to talk about what's going on in our own company, but also regionally and to shine a light on American theater that's maybe a little less New York focused. And I think a festival like this, uh, not just because it started here at our company, but because it's happening here in our neck of the woods, um, is is so in line with what we're trying to do with this podcast. And so uh, I'm so glad we you know had a chance to talk about it. Now uh, we will believe me be coming back to other related topics during the course of festival because it goes till June 30th. It's you know it's spread out purposefully over several months. Um, in part because we're encouraging people to travel all over the state and you kind of need to have some room for that. Um, but we also knew that we would have participating companies that are on a summer schedule, like our Door County colleagues um, or American Players Theater to our to our West, um, as well as companies that are on a sort of fall to spring calendar. And we just wanted to make it as easy as possible for people to fit this into their normal programming, as opposed to, you know, just add a reading or, or a workshop. So, um, so there's going to be a lot over these next several months, and uh, we will certainly be revisiting World Premiere Wisconsin as a topic on this podcast. But um, but we kind of wanted to just kick it off. Yeah. Celebrate how we got here. It's here. It's here. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to encourage you again, if you're listening to this, check out our um, our website, worldpremierewisconsin.com. Um, I know at the very least, Forwards Production is also streaming. So if you're uh, not listening in Wisconsin and you're um, too far away to make a trip here, but we encourage you to make a trip here, um, uh, there will be at least a couple of uh, projects that will also be available digitally. So um, I really hope you'll, you'll check it out and come visit us. Um, but I think I will say that that is it for this episode of Theater Forward, a conversation about theater in Wisconsin, the Midwest, and America. I'm Jen Uphoff Gray. I'm Julie Swenson. And I'm Mike Fisher. Our podcast is produced, as always, by Scott Hayden, who helps make sure that you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. That's at uh, uh, Theater Forward. As always, theater spelled with an E-R. And, you know, I got to say, all three of our leading producing festivals at this, in this festival spell theater with an E-R. So there. <laughs> wasn't a conscious decision we just yeah so. <laughs> and if you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to just subscribe to us 
on Apple Podcasts or wherever you might tune in. And please be sure to leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. We are so grateful to have you listening and we will be back soon for another Theater Forward conversation.